Today's episode is brought to you by Monster. Find employees who work as hard as you at monster.com slash hiring. Monster. Find better. And by audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free 30-day trial at www.audible.com slash girlboss. Girlboss Radio is also supported by Me Undies. Whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement, your underwear is probably boring. Me Undies is here to change that. Go to meundies.com/girlboss for 20% off your first order. Hi and welcome to another episode of Girlboss Radio from Panoply. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder of NastyGal.com, the author of Girlboss, and the author of Nasty Galaxy, which comes out October 4th and you can pre-order now. On each episode, I invite a different woman onto Girlboss Radio to trace the steps she took to creating her own future, what she learned, and what we can learn from her story. Today's guest is Hannah Bronfman, but first, my crazy friend Liz is here to talk about our girl boss moments, our week, and uh, I don't know, just generally laugh a little. All right, so we're at my house. We're stuffed in my office next to the treadmill and a computer that I don't use. Still equally hot. Really? Yeah, I turn the heater on. <laughs> it gets hot in here, but you know, I, maybe the heat makes the sound better. And you're going to hear some poodles in the background, and you're just going to have to like it. Yep, there's three poodles that live here with my husband and I, and every night is a three-dog night. Ah, wow. <laughs> sounded like a lamb. Sounded like a dolphin. <laughs> Liz is here drinking coffee at 5 p.m., feeling really good. Well, that time change really threw me. I, I'm typically up at 6 a.m. I, I know. Got... <laughs> it's like being jet-lagged across Asia or something. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I think that they could use Advil PM as a local anesthetic because I literally have no idea where I'm at or how I got here. All I know is that Sophia texted me and said, get up. You have an Uber coming in six minutes. Yeah, because I'm leaving for New York. I'm in New York this week and we were going to miss out on having Liz here for the riff session and I couldn't stomach doing it without her. So, you know, let's all give her a round of applause. A round of pause. A round of pause. Come on, dogs. Show us your paws. Oh, my God, how cute. All the poodles came in with their You know how many paws they have between the three of them? Twelve. Oh, my God, you're right. I was going to say six, and I was like, wait, they don't just use their front feet. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of paws, right? a lot of paws. High five with the paws. Yeah, they all came in. Then we chewed them out. Share with her one microphone is amazing. She's like, and back to you. Uh And back to you. This is like an episode of Anchorman. Our producer, Shara, (laughs) is the kind of un sung hero heroine of the show she is with us every week when we're babbling and you know edits these podcasts together beautifully mm-hmm. to make us sound like slightly more intelligent slightly slightly but don't be fooled i'd love to i would love to hear just the role of all the edits one day oh god or bloopers maybe i think that should be the holiday edition Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll lose all our friends. It'll just be like, you know, when they do one of those warnings that a tornado is coming because it's all bad words. It's just like. Nope, that's a different sound. Oh, that's like a cable test. It's not like a Charlie Brown parent anything. (laughs) (laughs) So I think on last week's podcast, I mentioned that I downloaded a sobriety app. Well, that lasted about three days. 
Yeah. I mean, sobriety sounds really heavy. What it just meant was I, you know, I really like having a glass of wine every day and I can totally go without it, but life is just so much better with a glass of wine. Especially a glass of wine from Club W. Who oh, are- <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I have to order mine today. They're not advertising with us this oh, week, But though. still, we should... I'm sticking with Club W. I know. Me, too. Me, too. The incremental, you know, value of having but been, been it- a part of our repertoire, Club W. I think we should have the dogs come in and do a round of applause for nothing. like <laughs> 12 a- paws clapping. <laughs> a 12 paws low clap for your 72 hours of sobriety. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Friday night... Liz and I went and did some stuff to get our minds off some stuff, and that was cool. A.K.A. a staycation? Yeah, we staycationed at a hotel down the street. Oh, and Liz almost died. I am the person that will have some kind of accident anywhere. But to be fair, Sophia and I have stayed in quite a few, not a ton, but we've done some traveling together, and we've had a room of farts. What? Who's? The San Francisco room of farts, not our farts. We oh, checked yeah. in and we were both, immediately we were both like, this room smells like farts. I just knew the minute we walked in there was going to be an issue. They had us in two twin beds made for eight-year-olds. So we had to change rooms and we managed to get ourselves an upgrade, which was good. And then I slipped on the wet tile floor that morning and we had to have the local hotel paramedic dude come in. Yeah, she got a Band-Aid, and he apologized. My toe probably needed one stitch, and he's like, hold on, where's my one? And he was like, no, 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 I stubbed my toe once. You definitely don't need stitches. He was a real paramedic. He was an engineer, by the way, or like a security guy. I think he was the same guy that fixes the cable when there's an issue on the cable box. Yeah, he's the guy who fixes the TV when the porn won't work in the hotel room. Which, I don't want to give anything away, but next episode, we did have porn issues. What? I'm kidding. Oh. God. <laughs> oh, we went out. Forgot to say that. We, we went out. We took our staycation and turned it into a nightcation? Night party? party? I don't know. There's something really weird, and I've seen other girls do this. Hey, dogs, we didn't ask for your input on this, but... Shut up! If we could give girls one piece of advice, there's something weird that happens to girls at the end of the night where they get worried that... They're going to go home alone? Yeah. And it's it's like a car accident. And Sophia and I witnessed one, and, and she was she was digging deep in her phone. It was real cuckoo. Yeah. She kept saying, like, my Uber's going to come, like, expecting somebody to say, like, come stop. No, don't let your Uber come. It was like, great. Do you need us to get you out there? Or are you Is good? Is your app broken? Yeah. <laughs> do you want us to get one of you a, a mustache one? Or what do you want? I felt about 10 years older than everyone at the club. And oh, I, I fell think... there, too. Yeah, you fell a lot. And I was sober-ish. Yeah. We were sober in the hotel. Shh. Shh. I posted a picture of our hotel room, and people were like, oh, my God, I feel so much better about myself. Oh, She's a slob, She's too. She's a slob. I saw that. I'm a slob. Liz is not a slob. Oh, I put everything away. The minute we get in the room, I'm chasing after her like a deranged mother, like, let's hang it up. Let's hang it up. And then she can't find anything. because She's like, I threw this pile of 27 bras over here. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to leave it. She's got I like, some order. No, I understand the piles. What I don't understand is when someone messes with the piles. Oh, there we go. I do like order when it, you know, when it happens. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I also get confused. What else? I went to Gwyneth Paltrow's house on Sunday. Oh, you did? How was that? It was cool. She has a beautiful house, and they just launched Goop Beauty. So, I mean, it's cool. She's a girl boss. She started a company and 
isn't really acting anymore and totally changed her career, which has got to be pretty terrifying. And she gave me some of the products and they're really beautiful and organic and smell nice. Mm. I rubbed some on my hand. Oh, yeah, I'll probably steal some of those on my way out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, put it on on your knees. I'm going to put on my bruises. You're going to New York City. Yeah, I'm going to New York, and that's why we're recording this at my house. There's a hula hoop in your workout room. It's from Liz Goldwyn. She believes that in them, and they... This is like a really nice hula hoop. Oh, she gave it to me at my bridal shower, and it, she said it would keep me juicy. Oh. I'm going to try it on after this. You're going to try Just see if it fits? Yeah. So it might be a little big. I'm going to see if I can hoop. Can you? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. Huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is this a hoop off? <laughs> Is that a challenge? Listen. Uh-oh. Somebody just threw their paperwork down. She's like, boom. Time for that. You just hear the podcast end. I don't like hoop offs, but I like poop offs. We know that. So, Liz, girl boss moments, girl boss lessons. What was um, yours? wear sandals on tile floors yeah or like don't stay at hotels that don't have rugs in them fuck fuck i think sophia makes a very strong point i haven't thought about i'm going to get bigger feet yeah she has really small feet for her size i'm 5'10 and i have size 8 feet and i feel like that could be a big issue so i know i don't know i made a complex i was just like you're really tall to have such small feet like maybe that's why you fall i fall over everywhere everywhere it's pretty endearing though but you came to pick, she came to pick me up and the doorbell rang i go do you want to come up i'm just putting my alarm on and then i flip my alarm on i land backwards and i look up at the sky and i'm like really god really i'm just doing nothing i just went like this i'm flicked on an alarm switch girl boss moments girl boss girl Girl boss, girl, girl, gross moments. Us, yes. Do you have a girl boss? Do you have a moment of girls? Do you have a girl boss moment, Liz? When have I ever had a girl boss moment? I told you that's gonna go on the blooper episode. Okay, well, my girl boss moment. Mine was wearing shoes at a hotel. Okay, she's gonna wear shoes at hotels. That's her girl boss lesson. My girl boss moment was. I think my girl boss moment was tidying up a table in my house. And I fixed up that little table so nice. I picked out books that would fit on it just perfectly on the shelf. You set designed the shit out of that bathroom. Yeah, I really staged the shit out of my fart room. Staged it. And I don't know. I felt so proud. Your toilet. Your at-home toilet. Oh, the toilet. Mm -hmm. Uh Mm -hmm. So, girl boss moments. Uh, We have Tiffy for Mate says, Working at Baby Teeth was one of the most informative, inspirational, and empowering experiences of my life. And this is in quotes, and it's an intern of hers that actually wrote this. So as the boss, she tweeted this, and it's her girl boss moment that someone on her team is saying things like that. That's good. That's good. We're proud of that. Kathleen Sedita says, this week I gave my notice at work and began speaking with a patent attorney regarding an idea I plan to sell. Oh. That's cool. And then Leah Kaliher says, just had a guy at the gym ask me about a proper deadlift form. Hashtag girl boss moment. That's pretty cool. Julie Malo at Fashionsaurus. Today I'm meeting with a place that I've been trying to get a meeting at for eight years. MBD. In case you don't know what that means, no big deal. Hashtag girl boss moment. Good for you, Julie. That's cool. What one? They're all cool. Nada. Yeah. Creating the first ever digital yoga directory for Puerto Rico. Hashtag girl boss moment. 
Latin girl boss. Okay, we're in. Cool. We're down. Sign us up. Yanaka Munoz says at girl boss, 100% on the hardest econ exam of the year. Never felt bossier. Ooh. I like this one. Nikki Padilla at Nikki BLP. Turned down an awesome role because the overall project doesn't promote a positive image for women. That's very good, Nikki, and very hard to do. Yeah, seriously. Liz Carey's just trying to get out of the porn industry. I know. So. It's been hard, if you get what I mean. Ha, ha, hard. Okay, well, this was really exciting. And our low-key version of our normal riff, it was fun. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, Liz, thank you, as Thanks always. Thanks for having me. I'm going to destroy your kitchen in a minute. Ooh. As a small business owner, the day never really ends. The sunrise is who you wake up with. Your lunch hour is, you know, your desk. You need employees that work as hard as you do. Monster has 20 years of experience finding the right people for the right jobs. Monster builds custom hiring solutions specific to your small business. You can visit monster.com slash hiring for a limited time offer to find employees who work as hard as you do. And you guys, they're not real monsters. I thought that could have been, it's but they're not, not. like that show on Nickelodeon. No, it's not, it's not actual monsters, so don't be scared. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's just a website where you can hire people that are more qualified than you are to do the job. Not like a fuzzy person that's going to show up. <laughs> Although that would be cool. <laughs> not going to lie. with pointy teeth. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in like... <laughs> <laughs> nope, just qualified adults. Monster. Find better. Today's guest is Hannah Bronfman. Hannah cannot be labeled. She's at once a DJ, entrepreneur, fitness guru, and Instagram star. Basically, she's a bona fide it girl. Whether she's globetrotting and DJing sets for Dolce & Gabbana or running her very successful health and beauty site, hbfit.com, Hannah makes it all look effortless and cool. She's currently part of Adidas' new Sport 16 campaign and recently unveiled her new fashion and beauty web series, Hannahgram, with Pop Sugar. Hannah, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I want to start at the beginning, just where your career began, and I heard you had an internship when you were 15. I did. So my first internship was with Michael Kors. I was 15. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I kind of worked every summer in high school in the world of PR, fashion PR, very corporate companies. So I worked at Michael Kors. I did PR for Ralph Lauren. And at the time, I was really working on rugby, which doesn't really exist anymore but that was actually Mm -hmm. a really cool experience and then I worked at Warner Music in uh, music PR and then my last summer I actually got to go to Paris and work for Warner in Paris which was really great that's super cool did you grow up in New York City I did born and raised and your dad's a hustler right he's Mm -hmm. like a CEO how do you feel like that shaped you and you know did you want jobs when you were 15 during the summer or was that something that was really important to your parents? Actually, I felt like because my father was a hustler and because my whole family has built themselves up from generations you know, before my father, my great-grandfather was a bootlegger who created a an amazing liquor company from nothing. Cool. So I kind of have always grown up with the mentality of 
being really scrappy and wanting to be entrepreneurial. And mm-hmm. the reason why I wanted to kind of work when I was in high school is because I wanted to get a feel for what the corporate world had to offer. I was mm-hmm. interested in public relations, and I, I wasn't obsessed with the fashion world. I wasn't necessarily obsessed with the music world, but I loved PR. So I thought, okay, well, why don't I get, get a taste of that in both of those things that I kind of have access to? And then it was kind of very apparent to me that once I went to college, and I actually ended up studying sculpture, which is nothing to do with anything it's so that cool. I... so <laughs> cool. Yeah, very, very random. But it was really apparent to me then that I did not want to move into a corporate environment and that anything that I was going to try and do, I was going to try and do in an unconventional way. What also helps with my mindset in terms of getting to that solution was that I was graduating in the height of the economic decline. There weren't jobs for myself and my classmates to go out and get in the corporate world. That just wasn't really happening. So it was kind of up to myself to create my own destiny at that point because I still am very ambitious and I had those things of creating something and, you know, putting my name on it and really kind of putting in the work and having something to show for it. So that was kind of why I didn't really want to come back from college and be a starving artist, you know? Do you feel like your time in as a teenager, those summers studying PR, even though you decided the corporate world wasn't for you, do you feel like what you learned about publicity and those things has benefited you? I mean, you have, you know, over 300,000 Instagram followers. You have, you know, a campaign with Adidas Women. That's not an easy thing to do. Do you feel like your early jobs, internships play a role in in that? Absolutely. I think what I learned through those years were completely invaluable. Having the world of Instagram and having social be a platform for you to, you know, market yourself, that comes down to PR. That's you being Mm -hmm. your your manager, your PR person, all wrapped in one. I mean, what you choose to put out there in a social and very public manner about who you are, you know, it needs to be at a high level, it needs to be what you want your message and what your brand to be. So I felt like I actually, you know, I learned so much in those younger years and in terms of how to be a good marketer and kind of what consumers were looking for, how consumers digest information and kind of best practices. You know, I feel very lucky to be a part of this generation where we can mold really quickly. You know, we can bounce with the new thing that comes out, like we're very malleable in that way. And I'm very grateful that I do have the background that I I come in with PR and everything in terms of how to translate that into my own brand moving forward with all these kind of different platforms as they come up. Okay, so I want to go back to your story. You've been DJing for how long now? Oh my god, about eight years now. You've been DJing since you were 20. How did you get into DJing? And, you know, I mean, there's so many levels of DJing. There's DJ down the street at the dive bar. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, So there are definitely, like, various degrees of DJs. I am not a DJ that sells tickets to arenas, unlike, mm -hmm. you know, a Calvin Harris or a Skrillex or a Diplo. But I was once that dive bar DJ. So I basically started DJing in college. I went to a really small liberal arts school called Bard in upstate New York, and we had one bar. And on Thursday nights, it was like the night that everyone wanted to go to the bar and like turn up. And we just weren't really feeling, like, the jukebox jamboree situation. And we were kind of like, okay, like, this is kind of whack. What are we going to do? We've got four years in the smallest town in upstate New York. We kind of got to 
get a hold of this. So my friend Henry and I started DJing on Thursday nights and we taught ourselves how to use Serato and we taught ourselves how to make proper mixes and what it meant to actually DJ continuously for four hours. Exhausting. Yeah. I mean, it was so, it was so fun. We had the most epic nights. It was amazing. And it was kind of like one of those things where I was making pennies, but I was making money. And people. And I'm guessing you were drinking a little bit more at this time in your life. Uh, totally, totally. <laughs> Definitely drinking a bunch, having a great time, like living life to the fullest. My college years were on fuego. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things where all of a sudden it's like people are coming from nearby schools to come to like your night on the Thursday night, just have fun and listen to your music. That's so cool. Yeah, and it was amazing. And then like summer came and I got back to New York. And I was trying to focus on my sculpture and get a, you know, a proper residency and and all of that. And things were not really panning out. And all of a sudden, my friends were calling me like, hey, can you DJ this night for us at the Jane and all the stuff? And I was like, whoa, these are like real New York clubs. Yeah. Next thing you knew, I had a residency at Sway on Sunday nights and I was oh like my wow God. yeah Amazing. yeah and this was when Sway was popping and I was like that's okay. like Smith's night right is it Smith's night yeah it was Smith's night yeah it was really cool it was a really interesting New York scene too like you know New York goes through its ups and downs when it comes to nightlife and it was you know it was around the Beatrice years and uh it was a good time in New York. And so to DJ mm-hmm. all these nightclubs and have residencies and be making money, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, this is great. This is a, a different experience than I thought I was going to have. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm getting better at this craft than I ever thought I would be. And mm-hmm. there's still so much to learn. And I still learn so much every you know, every time I DJ, I'm learning something new. So basically, you know, I was DJing all these nightclubs and it was great. But then I kind of also gotten to this place where I was waking up late. I wasn't eating right. I mm-hmm. wasn't working out. And I kind of felt like, ugh, like this nightlife life is really intensive on my body and my mind. And so when I went back to school for my junior year, obviously that whole schedule scaled down a bit. But then it obviously ramped back up when I graduated college and I came back to New York and that's what I was doing to make money. I kind of realized that I needed to find the balance between this nightlife situation and the things that I was passionate about and that I loved doing for myself. And in that transition of me finding that out and figuring that out, I started my first company called Beautified, which was an app that let you book last-minute beauty appointments on the go through your uh, your iPhone, which was very much in tune with the, the other on-demand services that were coming to life at that time. And it's so pretty. It was so pretty. Yeah, thank you. At the same time, I, the reason why that kind of came into play is because I was also starting to get courted by some corporate companies to DJ parties for them. So it was kind of moving out of this nightlife, midnight to 4 a.m. time slot but moving into a more, you know, more cocktail hour, let's say, like the 6 mm-hmm. o'clock to the 9 p.m. which and getting paid more. <laughs> yeah, getting paid more and getting better hours. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Didn't even know this existed for me. And now you can basically say I am a corporate DJ, right? I'm an open format corporate DJ. I do not sell arena tickets yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to produce music, but I play all over the world for different companies and different parties, whether it's, you know, something for Coachella or if it's, you know, Gucci's holiday party in Hong Kong. I opened for Alicia Keys during Art Basel in Miami this year. 
it's something that I fell in love with doing because there was room for improvement. And for me, it's always about goal setting and reaching those goals and surpassing those goals, which is why I love the craft of DJing because you can just do so much and there's always more to learn. And it got better in terms of the fact that like I started working for these corporate companies and the hours got better, the pay got better. And it was just a trajectory of, of a DJ that I don't think I had ever seen really before. Yeah, um, you're one of very few women out there that I think are like the girl to hire for a really special event. Yeah, which um, is, thank you, which is also really cool to see that happen for women in general and also being like a mixed girl, I feel like that's also a really amazing thing and also just showing the youth that you can have these kind of unconventional careers now because everyone has a platform now to become something that they want to become. Today's show is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, and newspapers. You can listen to my book, hashtag girlboss on audible.com. Lots of people have tweeted at me and done that. You can do it on pretty much any device, uh, iOS, Android, Kindle Fire, Windows Phone, and over 500 MP3 players. Unlike streaming or rental services with Audible, you actually own your books. And there's something called My Library, which means you can access your books anytime, anywhere, right from your smartphone. And Audible is offering our listeners a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash girlboss and browse the over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash girlboss. That's audible.com slash girlboss. So tell us about HB Fit. How did it start? How long have you been doing it? You know, your initials are Hannah Bronfman, and I think this is such amazing branding because it's also health, beauty, fitness. So I basically started using a hashtag on Instagram to showcase my healthy lifestyle a while ago, maybe three years ago. And I was hashtagging HB Fit, and I realized that it was really sticky. I would go out at night, and people would call me HB Fit. My friends all of a sudden were, like, talking to me about their workout and their diets and stuff. And I was like, wait, what? When did this happen? And I just realized, okay, this is something that people are catching on to. So I basically decided that there needed to be a place that I could talk about all things health, beauty, and fitness in longer form content. So that's when I decided to make a website. And at first, I kept it HB Fit to kind of mean Hannah Bronfman until I got a big enough community and enough users and viewers where it was very apparent to me that people were, this was a community and it was no longer about me and that it was way bigger than me. And in the back of my mind, I had always known the HB and the health beauty connection. In fact, years ago when I was in college, something that I wanted to do really badly, which was all of my friends were kind of asking me, for recommendations in New York City, whether it was my dentist, my tailor, my Pilates teacher. I want that list. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) And I kind of just thought to myself, I always said HB on HB, Hannah Bronfman's take on health and beauty. And I kind of always wanted to make this city guide. That's in the back of my mind, kind of what fueled Beautified and then what fueled Mm -hmm. HB Fit. And so I had always planned to make this a company that would 
you know, grow much larger than just me, myself, the individual. So then we rebranded after a year to be Health Beauty Fitness. And it's just been one of those things where people are really engaged and people are really loving it. And I think it's because, you know, we try to give you a no bullshit approach to wellness. And we are, we're kind of like your best friend who's telling you how it is. And we're talking about things that maybe other sites are not talking about. For instance, we're all about positive body image. So we wrote a big Mm -hmm. story about, we called it fuck the thigh gap. And we talked about why was this like little thigh gap all of a sudden and like making people crazy about the way they felt about themselves. And then we wrote a story about, you know, what your pee is telling you and how you can know a little (laughs) bit more about your health just by, you know, when you go to the bathroom. We're just helping people kind of get a little bit more in tune with themselves and giving them information on a variety of different things that can be really hard to navigate. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of info out there. And so we're kind of picking and choosing and telling you about what we find really important and also trying to debunk trends before anyone else is. How do you think about your Instagram? You have your personal Instagram and then you have the HB Fit platform. And I'm just wondering like how you think about what you would post on your personal platform versus on HB Fit and just how you've grown your audience because I know a lot of our listeners have small businesses who may be trying to figure out how to market themselves. That's a great question. You know, with HB Fit, we have really identified our message, our brand, the HB Fit girl, what she likes, how old she is. So we play into our brand pretty precisely in terms of the content that we post. Our HB Fit girls always looking to discover the you know latest and greatest trends in wellness, new DIY beauty products, and we give them what they want. So. In terms of HB Fit stuff, you know, we're always creating content, whether we spend an hour at the coffee shop asking, you know, the barista to just make our latte just that much prettier. Um, <laughs> or, you know, whether a lot of the times I find a lot of really positive inspirational girls on Instagram and I DM them. I know, you know, the song, it goes down in the DM, but it really, it really does. I, I reach out to these girls and I ask them if they want to be in, a, in an editorial shoot for HB Fit. We'll, you know, show them love on our Instagram and hopefully they'll share with their community. And so for us, we've been able to identify these girls just through this platform and if they're in New York or if we're traveling we can get a shoot with them where they can send us exclusive content you know that's a really great way for us to grow our small business because mm-hmm. we're playing off of different communities yeah, um, who great. all have one shared interest or several shared interests and when it comes to my personal brand I mean I guess the way I think about it is I always say to myself or when people kind of ask me like best practices or you know how do you know what to post or i've got two little sisters one's 17 and one's 15 and they are they are like the no bullshit flag right they can see through anything they want transparent they want authentic they want positive mm-hmm. and i always mm-hmm. just think to myself if my little sisters would like this post then this post is probably going to do well if this photo they would think is cool great then I'm going to put it up but I would never put up anything that I would feel embarrassed for my little sisters to see and that's kind of like my line your parents did a good job like yeah. that's like a good big sister <laughs> yeah you know I mean I think so I, I try I definitely they're everything for me so I just try to be a good role model for them So I'm going to ask you two questions. One, how do we lift and tighten our butts? I'm just going to ask. And then also, when do you feel the most confident? 
<laughs> I guess maybe I'll start with when I feel the most confident. I kind of feel the most confident talking passionately about something. I feel confident speaking my mind. But I think that there's something to be said about being confident while you're wearing like a really cute outfit. I always feel like that helps. You strut down the street a little bit differently. You mm-hmm. might smile at a stranger. You might give a couple dollars to a homeless guy. You know, you never know <laughs> what happens. I like his life. <laughs> yeah, you never know what happens with a little extra pep in your step, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that inner confidence kind of comes from being positive and being a positive person, especially being positive to yourself. And I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm one of those people like I do give myself little mantras. I do thank myself after I work out. I thank my body for enduring everything I've just put it through. And I think when you're in a happy relationship with your friends and your family and your loved ones, you know, that adds to the confidence. You know, actually, I was just about to say I don't feel confident hailing a cab. That's actually probably one of the times I feel most confident is hailing a cab because New York City people can be really crazy. And we know that cab etiquette is a thing. So I will be confident on that corner with my hand out you know uh-huh amazing um, amazing yeah <laughs> I love it a little random um, but oh yeah how do we lift our butts okay um tighten so, right yeah so tightening your butt I mean you can do it a few different ways you can do those squats but you really have to make sure that your weight is in your heels and that you're really using your butt to lift you up You can get on all fours and do, you know, straight leg up and over your other leg kind of type of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're doing that like triangle in the air uh where you're tapping down and then lifting up and then tapping over and lifting up. I'm not really explaining this that properly but I hope I'm like we can go on my hands we can go on your Instagram yeah exactly (laughs) but I think actually a really easy way to tighten and lift your butt is you put like a kind of like a a ball that's not fully blown up in between your inner thighs or your knees and you lay down on your back with your knees up and you just lift you do like a glute bridge Mm-hmm. Just do yeah. that. Like, just like hip thrust, yeah, ball squeeze. Yeah, exactly. Hip thrust, ball squeeze all day. <laughs> What's your favorite exercise? Do you have a favorite type of exercise or specific? I mean, I'm the type of person where I I like to do everything because I kind of get bored a little bit easily. So I love to do hip-hop classes at random studios and stuff where I'm just like dancing and it's about choreography. And I'm not thinking about am I using my obliques type of thing. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. And then I also love Pilates. I love classic Pilates. I think it's a really great thing to do no matter what else you're doing. It's a great complement to any workout. And it's really great on helping you with your alignment, your posture, and really staying very lean and long. You know, I think my favorite thing about you and HB Fit is that, you know, there's a lot of supermodels on Instagram and random 20-year-olds who just whose bodies haven't even fully formed totally. and like you're not super tall, right. you have muscles, you have a butt. For those of us who don't naturally have a thigh gap like right. me, like right. seeing you get in shape is super inspiring and I really think that's one of the best things about, well, about th- what you're doing. Well, thank you. I mean, it was one of those things where honestly, I like I said, I've got three sisters and I have my stepmom and my mom. And that's a lot of women and that's a lot of women with all different body types and Mm -hmm. I feel like you know they all look at me and ask me for fitness workouts and blah blah blah. and I without you know being specific you know it's more about accepting your body and then understanding that 
there's only so far you're going to take your body without the whole idea of like transforming your body and everything like yes you can do that of course but not without crazy mental challenges and like driving yourself mm-hmm. crazy it's more about accepting yourself and being the best version of yourself and being happy with that oh so liz I know we've talked about MeUndies before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Never not talking about it. Are you wearing yours? You were wearing yours the other night. I wore my MeUndies, and I was super excited, and I pulled up my skirt, as you normally do. As she does everywhere she goes. Everywhere. And I said, look, I'm wearing my MeUndies because they give me a good butt. Also, if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. No questions asked. I like the yeah. I like the no questions asked part. Like they're like, listen, we don't want to get into it. We don't want to hear what. I mean, the, don't call happened. me, but you can call them. Did somebody call me undies and they're like, hey, we need to go over this. Yeah, like <laughs> let's not talk about your underwear. I think that's a good policy. Good policy, guys. Um, Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to eight dollars a pair with the Me Undies subscription plan. Uh-huh. Underwear delivered to your door. When you want it. Um, get the subscription or a single pair. Get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash girlboss. That's MeUndies.com slash girlboss for 20% off your first order. MeUndies.com slash girlboss. How do you think about goal setting? Do you have a process? Do you do something like around New Year's every year? How do yeah. you think about it? So... Goals are big, and we talk about them a lot at HB Fit. When it comes to my business, we try to sit down once a week in the beginning of the week and set goals for that week, goals for the month, goals for, and then, like, larger-term goals when it comes to certain events that we know are going on in the wellness world and, like, a year-round calendar of wellness. And I think sometimes, even with my personal goals, you know, I'll say I have the goal of going to the Olympics this year with Adidas, let's say. And I know that they're, yeah, which would be incredible. And I know that like DJ on a treadmill. Is that crazy? I mean, that would be crazy. (laughs) I've done done something similar. I once like DJed in Times Square while people were actually running on treadmills. I was not. But yeah, yeah, similar, but different. (laughs) Um, But I feel like we can make these big goals for ourselves, which are great because it's always important to never lose sight of the big picture. But when it comes to actually reaching those goals, I think it's super important to make things into digestible, bite-sized things where you know that you are setting yourself up for success. Because when you make something too large for yourself, you can get discouraged and you can easily make excuses as to why you're not getting there. But when you make them small enough and you're checking those boxes, then you're propelling yourself forward. What are the biggest things in your life in terms of a regimen or, you know, your diet or fitness, the things that have moved the needle for you the most. I realized that I need to just listen to my body and kind of understand how I feel. You know, if I'm eating a pastrami sandwich and I'm falling asleep afterwards, food comas are real. And I think that Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was just really about listening to my body. Like my blood type, for instance, says that I shouldn't be eating fish, but I feel great after I eat fish. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things where I just had to recognize how I feel, how I feel mentally. You know, I am not celiac, but I actually don't eat wheat because I literally feel foggy in my brain after I eat gluten. So I try to avoid it, you know, but it's also Mm -hmm. not one of those things where I kill myself over it. And like if I'm in Paris, I'm definitely going to eat a baguette. You know what I mean? (laughs) So other than that, I would say that acupuncture has been something that's been 
really, really helpful to me, especially I'm like always on the go. I'm traveling like crazy for work and stuff and being on a plane for that long and trying all these crazy workouts and, you know, pushing yourself and pushing your body like it's like a tune up. It just and I'm also like pretty susceptible to those types of things. My mom was a Reiki master growing up and she's done cool. acupuncture. Yeah, I know. Be I, like a, yeah. a baby inside of a Reiki master. I know. I know. It's kind <laughs> of unbelievable. So I definitely have been introduced to a spiritual world from a very young age. And so that's a big thing for me. So acupuncture to me has kind of been a saving grace. Do you have any apps for, you know, tracking your diet or your health or your goals? Is there anything that you use for productivity? You know, I'm not going to lie. I do love Postmates. I think it's oh, just yeah. like super helpful for things I'm trying to get done. If You know, if I have a bunch of errands and there's just this one thing that's like across town and I just can't get it, I'm like, all right, I'll Postmates it. So I'm into Postmates. I also, you know, I don't really use, it's funny because I'm like, where are my health and wellness ones? I actually like don't really use those apps only because for me, I don't know. I just don't, I mean, I know that I'm working out for an hour. Like I don't need to know more than that. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. like, and like, I know that I slept well because I woke up feeling refreshed. I will say the Jawbone app is pretty amazing when I remember to wear my Jawbone. And then I'm not going to lie, I love the app Clue. Oh, yeah. Clue's great. I'm into My it. My OBGYN was like, no, just put it on your calendar. I'm like, no, 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 no. This app is really great. So Clue is – do you want to tell our listeners? Yeah. I mean, sure. Clue is a really easy way to monitor and track your period. And It's I good think looking. It's good looking. And, you know, I, I think it's cool. It's much more updated than P-Tracker Live or whatever the fuck I'm using for. Like, who knows, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm into it. I like I like Clue, and then obviously I'm obsessed with Snapchat, and mm. I also love my Wine and Dine app. What's that? Wine and Dine is like Instagram for food. So you can oh. literally take photos and you just upload the food photos and you can tag the restaurant and you can like it and you can leave a comment and you can also press a little button that says you want to try it and it goes into your like want to try folder. So that oh, way cool. when you're traveling or something I know I've liked a bunch of stuff in LA I can go to my app look at what I want to try and then I can you know filter and find my my uh, restaurants like that what is the biggest lesson that you've had in having businesses whether it's from beautified or as a DJ or with HB fit is there something just for our listeners who are trying to figure out how to look over their shoulder make sure that they're doing the right thing yeah. you know yeah. yeah. Well, one is definitely who you end up going into business with. I think business partners need to be vetted really, really carefully. And in general, when you go into partnerships, you want to make sure that everything is mutually beneficial and that people aren't, you know, necessarily using you more than you need them. And just making sure mm -hmm. that all the asks are are equal. I would say something that's really hard, for, especially for a startup, is legal. I wish that there were more boutique legal offices that would lend services mm -hmm. for startups because it can be super costly. So something that I ended up doing was I went to some of my friends who were lawyers and I asked them to look over things and I would take them out to dinner in exchange because it's that would be way cheaper than getting a legal firm. Um, but you so expensive. But you, it, it gets expensive, but you do need to look over every contract. So, mm -hmm. you know, one thing that you can do is maybe if you do have a friend, you ask them to go over it with you because so then you can at least start to understand some of the language. Then you can 
maybe start to look over them yourself a little bit more, which would be an amazing thing um, if you can wrap your head around it. And then I think it's always just super important to be super authentic and stay on brand and on message. How do you do that? And you're like the face of Adidas Women now. And, you know, you have this amazing following. And I like to say don't compare your hustle to their highlight reel, but that's all Instagram is, is like our highlight reel. I like that little saying, though. That I was know, cute. because that's all we do yeah. like, is look at other people's amazing f- pictures. And it's right. just like daily life is not really like that. No, um, and Instagram is a curated version of your life. How do you make sure that you stay on message and connect with your audience? Right. I'm lucky that my lifestyle is actually what I'm portraying it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I'd be in a lot of trouble um, but so it's so it's not that hard for me because I'm you know I do work out all the time and I do DJ and I am like packing healthy snacks because I like enjoy that stuff and then I you know put it out there for people to like or dislike I guess so and also it's another thing about not always having to explain yourself you don't need to always explain yourself and like there will be judgments made no matter if you do or if you don't and it doesn't really matter Because at the end of the day, like, if you're comfortable with what you're putting out there and, you know, it's positive or whatever, like, everyone's a critic, right? Everyone's going to have an opinion. Okay, last question, and I ask every one of our guests this. It's about your girl boss moment of the week, which is the time of the week where you felt most yourself or you did something really nice for yourself, whether it's a beauty booking or um, eating something, you know, five days in a row or not drinking or not smoking or, you know, getting a raise or mm-hmm. you know, starting a company. What was that for you this week? Hannah? So for me this week, I actually stuck to drinking one night this week, which I was so proud of myself for. That's, that's great. And it was hard, but I did it. And then that one night I had so much fun. And it was kind of like, I'm going to have so much fun because I know this is my one night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I didn't, like, go too hard where I, like, felt like doo-doo the next day. I actually felt pretty <laughs> fine. So that was kind of, like, my, like, girl boss moment for my week. You know, it was just, like, nothing crazy. But it That's was... That's hard. But, yeah, That's it hard. took... Yeah, exactly. Like, it did take some discipline on my part. And I'm also trying to do more of that and be aware and kind of reel it in a little bit. Especially because it's going to be summer. Everyone's going to want to be out drinking. I know it's going to get... Things are going to get crazy, so I'm trying to, like, you know, trying to be good right now. Yeah, Hannah, thank you so much. Thank Um, you so much. This was awesome. This has been really fun, yeah. All right, that was Girl Boss Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Alexi Wasser, so please tune in. Our producers, Sharon Morris. Thanks also to Kristen Meisner, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. If you haven't read Girl Boss, do it now. You can buy it at nastygal.com, Amazon, or, or anywhere books are sold. And you can also pre-order my second book, Nasty Galaxy, on amazon.com or anywhere else books are sold. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram at girlboss. Our email address is info at girlboss.com. You can find me at Sophia Amoruso, S-O-P-H-I-A-A-M-O-R-U-S-O on Twitter and Instagram. For exclusive content from today's show, please go to blog.nastygal.com. And if you do like the show, which I hope you do, please tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. I appreciate it. Thanks also to the band Phases for our theme song and to my husband, Joel Dr. Graff, for our interstitial jam. I'm Sophia Amoruso. Talk to you next week. Right.